Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids. A show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Hey there, future paleontologists. It's so great to spend my time with you again, which I enjoy doing very much. How do you like this fancy music? It's like I'm a spy. I'm a spy, baby. Oh, it's great to be speaking to all of you again. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope you're taking care of yourself, and I hope you're taking care of the people around you. Great to be with you. We now have 164,000 downloads of our podcast, and very excited we added another country to our list. We now have 113 countries where people are listening to this podcast. So to all of you all around the world, welcome. I'm so glad to have you, and I hope you are enjoying uh, listening to this podcast. This is a special edition podcast. I don't have a, um, a feature creature for this particular podcast because I have so many questions and so many who would wins that I just figured... I would spend all the time addressing those. And these questions are great. So for those of you that like paleontology, like dinosaurs, like prehistoric life, I think you're going to enjoy this because the questions are really, really good. There's so many great questions. A couple of shout outs I need to do first. First of all, I wanted to give a special shout out to T-Rex Connor. He turned uh, four back in early October and I didn't get a chance to wish Connor a happy birthday. So I wanted to wish you a happy birthday, Connor. And then also I wanted to give, and Connor is a member of the patron club. And then Annabelle, who's six years old, she's a T-Rex member of the club. I wanted to give Annabelle a special shout out. She drew a picture of me versus Stegosaurus. You little stinker. Don't think I didn't see that picture, by the way. Me fighting a Stegosaurus. Why am I always fighting these things? Why do you kids always want to make me fight everything? And worse, worse, some of you don't even want me to use my only weapon. How dare you? How dare you say no stink bombs? Listen, my underarm stink bombs are the greatest defense in the world. And you rotten little kids don't want me to use it. What kind of kids are you? Why would you do that to me? Why, I ask you, why? (laughs) all right (laughs) also a couple of shout outs i did three private lessons these are so much fun i enjoy doing them a lot this first one was for aditya's birthday now all of aditya's family is there i had so much fun talking to you and all of your family and thank you for letting me be part of that 
Thank you, Mom and Dad, for letting me join. I had such a good time, Aditya, talking to you. I also did a private conversation, private lesson with my buddy, Emilio Raptor. Emilio and I have been friends for a very long time. He comes and works with me all the time at the museum. Well, Emilio and his family moved up near Dallas, Texas, and I live near San Antonio, Texas. And so I don't get to see Emilio face-to-face as much, but I was able to have a private conversation with him, and it was so great seeing you, Emilio, and I hope everybody in your family is doing well. Then I also did a private lesson for Kabir, who goes by Kabirosaurus Rex. Now, all of his little friends tricked me into sticking my finger into the nose of every dinosaur skull I showed them. You rotten little kids! How how did you do that? Every single time I turned around, one of them convinced me to stick my finger in its nose. That was gross. So, Kabir, you and your naughty little friends don't think I don't remember what you did to me. <laughs> and then uh, I had so much fun. I got to speak to Byron and his friend Lucas. Um, it was, we were celebrating Byron's birthday. Now I think your birthday was before we were able to get together and do the lesson because on the day you wanted to do it, which was your birthday, I wasn't available. And I'm so sorry about that, but I had so much fun speaking to Byron and his friend Lucas. Um, and Byron is a T-Rex member. And we talked about Tyrannosaurus Rex, which was so much fun. And I learned a lot of stuff and I hope you guys learned a lot of stuff as well. So the private lessons are kind of cool because you can do it just one-on-one like I did with uh, uh, Emilio Raptor, or you can do like Byron did and invent one is invite one of his friends, or you can do, do what uh, Kabir did and invite a bunch of family and friends or like Aditya had his whole family there. So when we do these private lessons, you can do one-on-one or with a small group or with a large group. In fact, I did one a couple of months ago where the the young person did it as a gift to his classroom and everybody in his classroom got to do it. We did it during the day uh, when school was in. So anyway, if you guys would like to do a private lesson, let me play this and then we're going to jump right into uh, talking about the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, and then we're going to start answering questions. Hey, kids, you can have a private virtual lesson with Dinosaur George. Have him speak at your birthday party or have a lesson just for you. Lessons last 45 minutes and are available to all countries and time zones. Visit our store at DinosaurGeorge.com and order your own private lesson today. Okay, we had a contest, a costume contest, where um, we had uh, first and second place winners. And I wanted to mention uh, the winner, who was Emery, who was dressed as Dr. Alan Grant. That was a great costume. And then we had second place winner, which was George and Fred, who were dressed as Indominus Rex, which is really cool. So congratulations to you guys for winning the contest, I will be sending you your gifts, your prizes soon. So that was so cool. And that's the cool thing about um, being involved with the Dinosaur George Kids uh, group is that we do a lot of fun stuff. 
Now, there are so many of you that sent so many pictures and so much cool stuff. I'm not able to answer or read every one of them. They're just too many. But I want you all to know that I go through, especially at night after I finish my work, I sit down and I look through every single picture and I read every single comment. I don't always post stuff on there, but I want you to know I read every one. I watch the videos that you guys post. As a matter of fact, right now, little Aminosaurus, I'm watching the video you sent me. I'm looking at all of the cool pictures. You guys had so many amazing Halloween costumes and so many pictures of the museums you get to visit and the games that you play and the different things that you send me. So I can't read every single one, but I want you all to know, I want you all to know that I read them all and I love them all. I looked at Timmy Soros Rex, showed me a picture in his scout book, a picture where I was doing a show for them. That's kind of, I'm very honored to be in there. Madeline Asaurus sent me really cool pictures from the museum. Uh, Kieran sent me a picture he drew. Oh my gosh, you guys, there's so many things. Jasper Raptor showed me a really good drawing that he did. Um, Johnny made a dino pumpkin. How cool is that? Ben drew a picture. Hey, wait a minute. Ben, you little rotten kid. Is that me inside the mouth of that dinosaur? You stinking little kids. What am I going to do with you? What am I going to do with you? Eli drew an amazing picture. I see. Uh, oh, that's really cool. Uh, there's a Lego T-Rex versus a Lego Indominus. Oh, nice. Very, very cool. Heath the Raptor sent me a great picture. JW posted a neat comment about Michael Crichton's birthday. He's the man that started the Jurassic Park series. Olivia drew a really, really beautiful dinosaur. I like your bright colors in there as well, Olivia. Um. Oh, my God. And is it pronounced Rarid? Rarid? I, I hope that's how it's pronounced. Um, five years old from Hampshire, England, drew a really great picture. And I hope I pronounced your name correctly. I hope I did. Kate, if I didn't, send me a message and let me know how to pronounce it correctly. Uh, Cooper sent me a really cool picture. Kieran sent me a great picture. Uh, wait a minute. You drew a picture of a Therizinosaurus about to attack me. Ah, you rotten little kid. That was great. Annalisa Saurus drew something cool. Fuski has some really cool videos and pictures on there. Jackson drew, drew a really, really good picture. I love that a lot. Oh, you guys, I wish I could read every single one of these on the messages. Sam sent a really good image of, a, of Stegosaurus being attacked. Oh my gosh. Merritt from Portland, Oregon drew really nice pictures, bright colors. I love them Rex. Um, Oh, and a really great uh, picture by Reedy Rex. I mean, a, a, a really nice, really, really nice video. That's very cool. Heatho Raptor. Love your, uh, uh, I absolutely love your, uh, jammies. Those are pretty fancy. Oh my gosh. Uh, Noah sent a really posted, a really, really nice picture. um, Let's see. Isaac, you sent some questions. I'll try to get to them later. Uh, Eva, age five, dinosaur George getting eaten by a T-Rex when fighting a Triceratops. Cole's. What was that? Dinosaur George getting eaten by T-Rex. Eva. 
Eva, you naughty kid. What kind of a kid does that to me? <laughs> Cole posted a really cool picture. Luca Rex did a really cool picture. Uh, I'm getting eaten by an Allosaurus. Wow. Daydreaming about an Allosaurus. That's very good. Luca's being eaten by a Tyrannosaurus. Wait. Wait. Okay. Luca, it's fine that you got eaten. But what on earth are you doing making me get eaten by an Allosaurus while I'm dating you stinking kids? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. There are so, so many great pictures in here. I, I love every one of them, you guys. And again, I'm so sorry that I can't, I, I can't read every single one of them. I wish I could, but there's so many. But if you guys would like to post some of your pictures... You can join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page, and that is the page exclusively where you can post really fun stuff. I will try my best to read more of them, but like I said, I've got so many Ask DG questions. Let's go. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. All right, I want to say for the record that every single one of these questions was submitted by a Patreon club member. You don't have to be a Patreon club member to have your questions read. But I get so many from so many different sources, but I always give priority to my Patreon club members because they pay a monthly fee, and so they are the priority. So for this particular podcast, all questions will be coming from my Patreon club. So let's get into it. Xavier read a book recently that mentioned Giraffe a Titan. Can you tell us a bit about it? he never heard of this dinosaur before. Well, Xavier, Giraffe Titan is a dinosaur that is very, very similar to Brachiosaurus. I have had some people believe that Giraffe Titan and Brachiosaurus are one and the same. Now, I have never seen enough information about Giraffe Titan to know for certain, but if it's not actually a Brachiosaurus, it is certainly a very close relative of it. Sauropods are no different from other groups of dinosaurs in that a lot of them look similar. And sometimes from the outside, we can't really tell any difference between some. They look exactly the same. It's like, why do they have different names? Well, sometimes we don't have access to the bones like a paleontologist would. And that's where we see the differences. So it's possible that Giraffe Titan is a very close relative of Brachiosaurus. Well, we know they're relatives. It's possible it could be Brachiosaurus based on who you speak to, but whatever the case, Giraffe Titan is a very large member of the sauropod family. It's got that super long neck, and it lived in the late Jurassic period. All right, my buddy Noah, Noah F. says, you have always asked this, but why do you think uh, non-avian or terrestrial dinosaurs became extinct while all the other animals survived? It's a great question, Noah. It's a great question. It, it, In my opinion, it has to have something to do with the breathing system. And, and here's why I say that. 
it couldn't be simply a change in the environment because the environment certainly changed all over the world, but it didn't change exactly the same. The entire world wasn't the same as far as weather, as far as temperature. It wasn't exactly the same. And yet every single non-avian dinosaur died. So take out weather because that cannot be the case. It can't be a disruption of the food source because other animals survive perfectly fine. And it has nothing to do with size. I hear that all the time. People saying, well, anything above a certain size died. That's not true. That's not true at all. There were crocodilians way bigger than small dinosaurs, terrestrial dinosaurs, but the crocodilians didn't die. So it doesn't have anything to do with size of the animal. It doesn't have anything to do with the food. It doesn't have anything to do with the weather. I believe it has to have something to do with the breathing system because that's the only thing that would connect all terrestrial dinosaurs, how they breathe. And I say that because, yes, certainly there could be a change in temperature and that might affect them. But whatever it was that caused that extinction at the end of the Cretaceous period, it had to be something more targeted because too many other animals survived. I think whatever it was, think of it like this, Noah. Think about a race car and think about the car you drive. Well, you don't drive it. I hope you don't drive it. If your mom and dad find out, Noah, that you've been taking the car and driving around at night, you're in big trouble, buddy. So, <laughs> so it had to. Do, so let's say this. A race car requires a certain kind of fuel. It has to have a very high octane, and that's a fancy word that means it burns super hot. To make that car go fast, you have to have the right kind of fuel. If you take the fuel that you use at a gas pump at a, at a gas station and you put it in one of those race cars, it will not go as fast. It can't because the fuel prevents it. Well, think of oxygen as fuel and think that all of us have a certain kind of engine that runs fine on a variety of different oxygen levels or octane levels. But think about the engine that has to have a certain, certain amount of oxygen. If they don't get that certain amount of oxygen, they don't drop over dead. They don't stop running. They just can't function like they normally do. And if you can't function normally, you can't chase down your food. You can't travel as far. It doesn't matter how much you eat. You cannot breathe well enough. It would be like taking an elephant and putting it on top of Mount Everest. It could live, but it can't do very much because it can't get enough oxygen. It slowly dies. I believe it had to do with the oxygen level. That's my opinion of why they died. All right, this comes from uh, Earned Lemming 47. Great title. I have a question. Who was smaller, Deinonychus or Compsonathus? Deinonychus is considerably larger. Compies are very small little dinosaurs. Deinonychus is about eight to 10 feet long. He's a big dinosaur. Compies are probably two and a half feet long, maybe three. So Deinonychus is, is considerably larger than Compies. Compies, they're still little dangerous dinosaurs. Don't get me wrong. Those guys are dangerous. They may be little, but they're very, very dangerous animals. Okay. Bryce P says, which dinosaur was the smallest, but most fierce in your opinion? Well, compies come to mind, but in my opinion, Bryce, it would have been Microraptor. And I only say that because of the weaponry involved. 
the curved claw on the foot, the very sharp claws, that would have made them very dangerous little animals. You wouldn't have wanted to mess with one of them. You would not have wanted to mess with a micro raptor. Tiny or not, they would have been terrifying. Okay, Madelinosaurus. Hi, DG. When dire wolves were alive and cave people lived with them, were dire wolves kept as pets as we keep dogs? Could the dire wolves protect humans and humans give the wolves food? Yes, I absolutely believe they were, Madeline. And I say that, Madelinosaurus, because dogs became domesticated by early humans. And I suspect that if if humans, all humans, we have this, we have this, uh, this feeling of wanting to protect things. I know some people aren't like that. I'm not talking about all people, but I'm talking about most of us. When we see a little puppy stranded by itself, we pick it up and take care of it. Well, that kind of thing would have happened with dire wolves where you would have found maybe uh, a wolf was killed and there was babies howling, crying because they were hungry in a cave and humans, early humans went and got them and raised them. And I think they did. Because there is evidence of early humans keeping dogs, and that's been like that throughout history. So, yes, I absolutely believe they did, and they would have slowly domesticated them. And I do believe after a while, the dogs would have considered the humans as members of the of the group. You know, if you guys have a pet dog at home, it considers you a dog. It doesn't think of itself as a human. It thinks of you as a pack of a pack within its group. That's why your dog snuggles with you, why it licks you, why it wants to be around you. It thinks you are a dog, not the other way around. It doesn't think it's a human. It thinks you're a dog. So I believe that that would have happened in our prehistoric past. Good, good question. Okay. Liam S says, Hey DG, what dinosaur has the longest name and what are the biggest raptors? Well, the longest name is Micropachycephalosaurus. I believe that still remains the longest name of any dinosaur. I believe it has 23 letters in it. It's a lot. What was the biggest raptors? There's, a, there's an argument about it. Is it Utah raptor? Is it Dakota raptor? Right now, from everything I know, it is Dakota raptor. Dakota raptor, I think, is now considered the biggest. Utah, Utah raptor. There's more known about Utah raptor. So we definitely know it's big. But Dakota Raptor, there's still kind of a, an argument over whether or not it is as big as some people predict. I haven't seen anything more on it, but if I do, I will certainly talk about it. By the way, speaking about Raptors, for any of you who are interested in becoming a member of the Dinosaur George uh, Patreon group, if you want to become a member I do lessons every month for the members. And I just saw on my calendar, if I could find my calendar, I just saw that on November 20th, that's November 2021, November 20th at 6.30 p.m. Central Time, I'm doing a lesson on Utah Raptor. So if you want to become a member of the Patreon club and, and get to be part of that meeting, that lesson, that's going to be November 20th, November 20th, 2021 at 6.30 p.m. Uh, Central Time. Uh, if you become a member, you'll get the details, you'll get the information. But anyway, I'm doing a lesson on, <clears throat> excuse me, on, uh, on Utah Raptor. All right. 
Let's see. Luca Rex. Are there any dinosaurs that are related or similar to lions? Any that had similar characteristics? Good question, Luca. There are no dinosaurs related to lions because lions are mammals, dinosaurs are reptilian. And so they're not related uh, very closely. I mean, ultimately all animals are related, but they're not very close related at all. But when it comes to the characteristics, certainly (coughs) raptors come to mind because raptors probably hunted in packs similar to lions. Raptors may have had sort of a hierarchy, like one might be in charge of the group or two might be in charge of the group. Now, those are hard to know. Those are super hard to know because uh, behavior doesn't turn into a fossil. How you act doesn't leave a clue. I mean, there's clues on how you're built, but we don't know for sure how you act. So behavior is a tough thing, but I would believe that the best, uh, best comparison would be raptors. Okay, let's see. This is from Sebastian, who's eight years old, Baker, California, uh, Bakersfield, California. How come Spinosaurus was more adapted to water than Suchomimus? Why was Spinosaurus larger than all of the Spinosaurids? And can you do a podcast on Sorophaganax? Good question, Sebastian. Your last one first. Yes, I will. I promise one day I will do a podcast on Sorophaganax because it's an amazingly giant dinosaur and I like it a lot. How come Spinosaurus was more adapted to water than Suchomimus? It would have to do with diet. It appears that Suchomimus might have had a more varied diet in that it might have been better suited for chasing things on land, along with catching fish and aquatic animals. But Spinosaurus seems to say, as far as we look at him, you think, I think that thing just being in the water was much better. And so it spent more of its focus on eating fish and maybe turtles and small crocodiles, whereas Suchomimus branched out and probably ate more things that were both in the water and on land. So Spinosaurus was better suited for water because it seemed that that's where it spends all of its time. Why was it larger than any other Spinosaur? For the same reason that Tyrannosaurus is bigger than any other Tyrannosaur. It has to do with each generation, the animals becoming better and better and better. Sometimes better meant better weapons Sometimes better meant being smaller and faster. Sometimes better means growing bigger. And in the case of Spinosaurus, it just simply grew bigger than any other of its relatives. It also was one of the last, which is why it grew so big. It was one of the last ones. Okay, uh, Byron asked a great question. How big was Baryonyx's claw? You know, Byron, it's, the claw is big. I held one once and it's big. I mean, it's bigger than your hand. It's bigger than your hand. It is certainly a very large claw for any uh, large predator. Most big predatory dinosaurs do not have big claws. Most people are surprised to find out how small some of them are. Now, uh, uh, Allosaurus is an exception to that. Baryonyx, Megaraptor, these dinosaurs have very, very large thumb claws. So the size of Baryonyx's claws, I don't have that number in front of me, Byron, but it was certainly bigger than your hand, bigger than your parents' hands. Matter of fact, Ask your mom or dad to put both hands together, and it's still bigger than both of their hands combined. And then how large was Argentinosaurus from nose to tail? That varies a bunch by what you read. Some people believe Argentinosaurus was was in excess of 80 feet from nose to tail. Some believe 90. 
I think the accepted size, I want to say is maybe 65, 63 to 65, something like that. It's big, Byron. Let's just leave it at that. All right. Annabelle and Lachlan want to know, do you know which dinosaur was the first to walk the earth? Annabelle six and Lachlan is three, by the way. Thank you guys. Great question. There's so many, there's, this is also debated as to what was the first dinosaur. Here's the problem is that the farther back in time we go, sometimes there's less and less information available. And so the first dinosaurs are the hardest to find because their bones have been there for so long. Erosion can destroy them. There's no way to, that's like, which was the last one to die? We'll never know. Because we have no idea. We can't say for certain. We know in one area we can find like the one closest to the surface and we can say, well, that's the last one to die. But we don't know if that represents everyone on Earth or just that particular spot. So I would say that right now, uh, Annabelle and Lachlan, I believe it is still going to be Eoraptor. I still believe that Eoraptor is the one I read an article recently about somebody that, that claims they found one earlier than Eoraptor, but then I saw a lot of disagreement with that. It was legitimate. So I would say Eoraptor. I feel comfortable saying Eoraptor. And I think that might be who it is. Okay. Dinosaur boy says, how did Titanoboa get enough wraps around its prey without being hurt by the prey? Well, a very interesting question. It would be no different than an anaconda or a boa constrictor today. An anaconda or a boa, once they grab the prey, they wrap themselves around so quickly that it usually doesn't give time for the prey to strike back. Once they get three or four loops around you, it's like being in a straight jacket. It's like somebody hugging you and you can't get loose. You can't do anything because they've got you all wrapped up. If you have big claws, they're useless because they're now they're pushed to your side and you can't get away. Once it threw a couple of loops around its prey, dinosaur boy, I think that was the end of that. So they might still be bitten by it, but it's unlikely to be as devastating because they are capable of squeezing the very life out of their prey. Okay. Uh, Stephanie S., are concavenator and Carnotaurus related. They're not really closely related. Carnotaurus fits into the family of abelosaurs. Concavenator fits into the family of carcharodontosaurs. They're still carnivores, so they still are from the same general group, but they're not closely related. So they're really not. And there's a lot of differences between the two. If you look closely at them, you see that that they, they look different and they probably behave different. So it would sort of be like saying, is a lion, is a lion and a leopard related? Yes, they are. Yes, they are because they're both cats. But other than that, no, they're not closely related, if that makes sense. Okay, let's see. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go through here and read everyone. There's so many of them. Okay, T-Rex Connor asks, why does T-Rex have small hands and all Allosaurus have big claws? Ah, good observation. It has to do with what they eat. It has to do with what they eat and how they catch their food. Tyrannosaurus Rex uses its mouth to catch its prey. Allosaurus probably used its arms to catch its prey. 
Since T-Rex is using its mouth, it doesn't use its arms. And the way things work is if you have something on your body that you don't use, little by little, it starts to go away. Allosaurus used its arms and its mouth, but its arms to, to that. Those were better suited for whatever prey it was living on. So it simply has to do with prey. It would sort of be like a T-Rex Connery. It would be like, how come a cheetah is so fast, but um, a lion isn't? Well, a lion is way bigger. And so it doesn't have to be as fast. It can catch things. It, it focuses on things that are slower. And it uses its sheer weight to knock them down. Uh, cheetah doesn't hunt ant, uh, doesn't hunt wildebeest, or it doesn't hunt uh, cape buffalo. There's no way it can bring them down. Instead, it stays small and goes super speed to catch antelope. So both predators hunt something different, and both predators look a little different, and that's why. Okay, Declan wants to know who's bigger, T-Rex or Indominus Rex. Declan, I believe that Indominus Rex was made bigger than Tyrannosaurus Rex. I believe it was taller and longer. I, I can't remember for certain. I can't remember for certain in the movie, but I believe Indominus Rex was was made in the movie to be bigger than that. Okay, uh, Harper M says, why does Brachiosaurus have no armor? It has to do with size. It has to do with size. When you are ginormous, like Brachiosaurus, you don't even want body armor because it would make you weigh that much more. No dinosaur with a brain in its head is going to take on a full-size Brachiosaurus, a healthy full-size Brachiosaurus. Just not going to happen. They're too big. Too much injury. You could get injured too bad. And so they have no need for body armor because they're so big. The size of the animal depends on how well it needs to be armored or if it needs to be armored at all. So it's its, it's sheer size. Okay, Leon wants to know, how long was Iguanodon's thumb spike and what did they use them for? Well, Mr. Leon, Iguanodon's thumb spike is probably the length of your hand. Look at your hand. That's probably, I'm guessing I've never seen your hand, but I'll guess, I'll venture to say it's the same size as your hand. What did they use them for? Defense. Picking their nose. Wait, what was that last one? Okay, I'm sorry. They used them for defense. They used them to stab anything that was bothering them. Um, they, they would have used them as a weapon. They used them as a way to defend themselves. All right, uh, Michael W., did Brachiosaurus ever lower its head to eat grass or low plants? Whoa! Good question. I don't think so. I don't think so. Brachiosaurus is not meant to lower its head towards the ground. Because the blood pressure that it takes to move the blood up to the brain is super high, very strong. If you lower your head close to the ground, the blood pressure might be too intense. And that brings up the question, the one that nobody has ever been able to answer for me. How did Brachiosaurus drink? If it couldn't lower its head, well, I think it could lower its head, but not keep it there for a long time. It's one of the reasons why when you see a, a giraffe drink, it has to spread its legs and get its body as close to the ground as it can. Brachiosaurus probably did something similar, not splitting its legs, but probably got down on its front knees to lower its body closer so it could get a drink. But they're not made for eating grass or eating low plants, so it probably didn't do it. It probably only did it when um 
when it was um, uh, drinking. But other than that, probably not feeding. Probably not feeding. Okay, Acadia H, do you know what Rudy and Night Feeders are? I have no idea. Acadia, I have no idea what they are. I would suspect a Night Feeder would be like, is it a vampire? Is it a bat? Is it an owl? Is it my brother? I just don't know. But anyway, those are good questions. I don't know who they are, though. Okay, Leopold V. Were there more dinosaur species in the Jurassic or Cretaceous period? Whoa! Like this one, man. Like this one. We know more about the Cretaceous period because it happened more recently in Earth's history. So we know more because we find more locations where we have access to the Cretaceous formations. Jurassic formations are not as easily found. So right now, we know of more dinosaurs in the Cretaceous. Doesn't mean that there were. It just means more have been found. I would imagine that the Cretaceous would be where most of them are. And I say that because, again, as evolution occurs and as these dinosaurs are changing and evolving, the longer you go into it, the more kinds show up. So my best guess, Leopold, would be that it would be in the Cretaceous. Okay, Harrison wants to know, were biped biped dinosaurs faster than quadrupeds? And what dinosaurs had the best defensive armor? Bipeds and quadrupeds, who's faster? Somebody running on two legs or somebody running on four? Well, that's a tough one, right? I mean, ostriches are fast and they can run on two legs, but uh, cheetahs are faster and they can run on four. I would say that it would have to do with the weight of the dinosaur and the balance. You look at the carnivores and they're pretty fast. Raptors are especially fast. I would think a raptor, like Velociraptor, would be way faster than a Protoceratops. So in that particular case, I would say that a biped runs faster than a quadruped. But when you look at dinosaurs like an adult Triceratops compared to a Tyrannosaurus rex, I think Triceratops would have been faster than T-Rex. And Triceratops is a quadruped. That's a very interesting question, but unfortunately, there's too many variations between animals to know that for sure. What dinosaur had the best defensive armor? Ankylosaurus, baby. Ankylosaurus had the ultimate armor. It was thick. It was heavy. It was strong. I would say they had the best. Now, when you look at animals like Gastonia, man, he's got spikes everywhere. But the the body armor still is not as still not as um, um, as as thick as that of Ankylosaurus. All right, let's see. Let me keep going. Uh, Benosaurus Rex says, we have a book that says Apatosaurus is a stinky dinosaur. Why is it stinky? How do scientists know this? They don't. And stinky, I'm not sure why they would think a dinosaur would be stinky other than animals that eat nothing but plants. When the plants are being digested in their body, the plants can create gas. When you eat a lot of broccoli, that makes you kind of gassy. And when you're gassy, sometimes you toot. And toots can be a little stinky. So maybe what they're talking about is because Apatosaurus ate plants and it had a really big stomach, big dinosaurs like Apatosaurus probably tooted a lot. Like, 
a lot. And so that's probably why they're calling that. There's no way to know for sure, but scientists would probably think they were because you look at other animals. Like, I don't know if you've ever gone to the zoo and happened to hear when a hippopotamus or a rhinoceros or an elephant kind of toot a little bit. It's like a lot. Okay, maybe that's not the appropriate noise, but but that's probably why they're calling it stinky, because it probably does that. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, Axel N. says, are there any dinosaurs that had retractable claws? Nice question. I don't know of any. All dinosaurs' claws, there's no retractable claws that I'm aware of. Now, it is, when you look at raptors, they have the ability, because they have a muscle that allows that that killing claw to be moved forward, up, and down, but it doesn't retract under a sheath. It stays there. It just moves it up and down. It's like you and I can wiggle our toes, but we can't pull our toes into the skin of our foot. So that's what retractable means. The claws actually go back up within the sheath, for protection, you can't see them anymore. I don't know of any dinosaur axle that can do that. Good question. Anderson, age seven, says, how large could dire wolves get? Were they able to travel long distances like wolves today? Yes, they could. When we look at how many areas they found the fossils of the dire wolf, this animal traveled long distances and migrated into a lot of areas. Now, how large could they be? We never know. I mean, sometimes when you find the biggest one, you can say, I found the biggest one so far. But from what it looks like, they certainly were bigger than modern timber wolves. They're they're big dogs. So I don't know how big they could grow, but I will say that they were considerably bigger than the modern wolves. So they could grow really big. All right. Reedy Rex says, what was Baryonyx's actual behavior? There's no way to know for sure, Reedy, what, how a dinosaur acted. We can find their bones. We can determine if they eat plants or meat. We can determine if they're slow or fast. We can determine if they could jump, if they could spin, if they could run, if they could curl up. We can tell those things. But other than that, we don't, we can't say for certain how they behave. That would be like, Reedy, if I, a hundred years from now, found your skeleton, I wouldn't know what your favorite color is. I don't know if you had good manners. I don't know if you got into lots of trouble. I don't know if you had lots of friends because your bones wouldn't tell me those things. I could look at it and go, Reedy was a boy. Reedy ate plants and meat. Reedy walked on two legs. Reedy was a stinker. Okay, I don't know if you're a stinker or not, but I just added that because I thought it would be fun. <laughs> so, Reedy, we don't know for sure, but what we do know based on baryonyx is that it definitely is eating fish. Therefore, since it has fish bones and fish scales in its stomach, then we can assume that it behaved by spending a lot of its time near water, and that's where it got its food. Other than that, it would be very hard to know. But that's a great question. Okay, Johnny H. says, do you think a Spinosaurus would lay in the water with its mouth open and wait for prey? Kind of like it was trying to look like a log. I think that's a perfectly good explanation, Johnny, of how it behaved. It's certainly possible. I I don't think it could spend all day, though, doing that because it's such a big dinosaur. It requires a lot of food. It can't just wait for food to come to it. I think it might have to go out and hunt for it. But I think that's certainly one of the ways that it could absolutely catch prey. It's a perfectly good way. Okay, Findorex. What a great name, Findorex. 
Could T-Rex kill Utah Raptor? It could. Uh, now, they didn't live together at the same time. But if they did, I would think Utah Raptors would stay away, out of the way of Tyrannosaurus Rex. I think they absolutely would stay out of the way of T-Rex. All right. Isabella sends an interesting question. She said, we asked this in the Facebook page, but we'll ask it here too. Were there any snow or cold places when the dinosaurs lived and what animals and dinosaurs lived in the snow? Well, Isabella's very, very good question. Yes, snow existed during the age of dinosaurs. That's why I get frustrated when every single picture you seem to see always makes them look like they live in a hot swamp. Dinosaurs lived all over the world and weather was different all over the place. And towards the end of the Cretaceous, we started seeing actual seasons like longer seasons like winter, spring, summer and fall. Now, during the Jurassic, there were seasons, but they didn't last very long and they weren't as dramatic. So, yes, absolutely. Places like uh, Australia. I mean, yeah, Australia had cold winters. Places like, of course, Antarctica, Alaska, uh, Russia, places in China. And there was snow. There were carnivores that lived in very cold places. Uh, car- there were dinosaurs that lived in very cold places. So, um some dinosaurs seem to almost be designed for living in cold places. So definitely there were, and there were all kinds of animals that lived in those places. Just like today, if you go to Alaska where it's cold a lot, you see thousands of different kinds of animals. You see all kinds of animals living there. So it would be the same during the age of dinosaurs. The only difference is that winters didn't last for months and months. I don't think, And it probably didn't get nearly as cold as it does today in certain places. But they certainly had to deal with snow and ice, just like modern animals do. Okay, Uh, Nico R. Hi, DG. I love your podcast. Thanks for doing this. Hey, my pleasure. Says, my question is, why does Smilodon have such long teeth? Well, and and says, thanks. Thank you for the, for the, uh, the good manners, Nico. So, Why does Smilodon have those long teeth? Well, for whatever reason, Smilodon definitely had long teeth to be able to use for whatever it hunted. Those teeth developed because they were effective in helping kill the prey that they lived on. So they definitely had them for a purpose. And it must have been that was what worked best for killing the prey that they hunted at the time. How come cats don't have them anymore? Because they don't work as good anymore. Because either the prey that they were hunting figured out how to stay away from them, or those teeth just turned out to be more trouble than they were worth. But Nico, it's a great question. It has to do with their food source. Okay, Isabellasaurus wants to know which dinosaur, if any, were nocturnal. Well, Isabellasaurus, who happens to be the queen of baby triceratops she can hold a baby triceratops and it doesn't even try to get away yes there does appear to be a couple of dinosaurs that were nocturnal and the way we tell is by the size of their eyes or what we call the orbit the round spot in the skull where the eyes went in most cases really big eyes would mean having night vision and having night vision would be an effective thing not all families of animals live during the day or only come out during the day or only come out at night. Bats don't only come out at night. Fruit bats are active during the day. 
Not all snakes hunt at night. Some hunt during the day. Some cats hunt at night. Others hunt during the day. So dinosaurs would have been the same. I think the one that comes to mind for me is one called Leolinosaura and uh, uh, who else? Leolinosaura and I can't remember the other one off the top of my head. But there were dinosaurs as a Bellosaurus that I do believe would have been nocturnal. Okay, uh, Madelinosaurus asked another, did carnivores from different species team up to hunt? I think they may have. Probably, maybe not team up, but definitely take advantage of each other. In other words, lions go hunting and jackals follow them. The jackals don't help. The jackals just want to grab uh, uh, leftovers, little pieces that the lions don't eat. So I don't think dinosaurs would have worked together because they would have competed with each other. But I do think that if you would have seen big dinosaurs like Albertosaurus, I think if you saw Albertosaurus tromping through the woods, I think you would see Truodons walking around with them. Not only to help get scraps when the Albertosaurus is done eating, but also a great big dinosaur like Albertosaurus walking through the woods is going to scare little animals out of their hiding spot. And you would see little truodons run up and grab the little mice looking things. So I, I don't know if they hunted together, but they definitely are. They hunted as a team, but they definitely would have traveled together just to get scraps. Little ones would have followed big ones. Okay. Leo Raptor wants to know, did T-Rexes snore? Probably. Probably if they had stopped up head. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Why do Utah raptors hunt in packs? Well, Leo raptor, it's to bring down bigger prey. They bring down bigger prey. They're so huge. Why would they need to hunt in packs? Well, because even though you're big, taking on a pre- uh, your prey can be a dangerous thing. If there's more than one of you, you can attack from different positions. All dinosaurs have a way to defend themselves. If you're trying to attack them by yourself, that means those weapons can be pointed directly and solely at you. But if you've got a partner hanging a, a a pack hunting, where does it aim the where does it aim the the defense? So it's a good question. Aminosaurus Rex, how big was Micropachycephalosaurus? About the size of a house cat. How crazy is that? Smoky Rex. Were there Mesozoic rodents? Yes, there were Smoky Rex. There were little tiny mice looking guys that definitely were alive and survived during the uh, Mesozoic. They just were probably nocturnal and they were all very small and they had to stay out of the way. When the big event occurred that caused the terrestrial dinosaurs to become extinct, that's when the rodents came out of hiding and that's when mammals began to take over the world. And then finally, Stephen S. says, is T-Rex related to Acrocanthosaurus? Yes, they are, but they're not from the immediate same family group. Acrocanthosaurus is from a different family. Tyrannosaurus rex, they're both carnivores, they're both predators, and so that means that they definitely were both big hunters, but they didn't live together, and they happened to uh, uh, be from totally different families. All right, my friends, let's jump straight into... Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? 
Spinosaurus versus Triceratops. You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. Sorry about that. We pushed the wrong button. <laughs> we pushed the feature creature button instead of the who would win button. Let's go now to submit a who would win. You have to be a member of the Tyrannosaurus Club, the Patreon Tyrannosaurus Club. Only Tyrannosaurus members are allowed to submit a who would win. So these are all uh, Rex members. Here we go. This one is from Earn Lemming 47. I have a dinosaur. I have a who would win. Suchomimus versus Baryonyx. Wow. These are two very closely, um, uh, closely related dinosaurs. This is going to be a good one. Wow. I think Baryonyx is a little bit bigger, I believe. And the only thing that would determine who would win in this battle is going to be size. The bigger you are, the stronger you are. The stronger you are, the more you can dig those claws into your opponent, the harder you can bite. I am based off of, I think Baryonyx is bigger than Sukumimus. I'm going to give this battle to Baryonyx. We will make Baryonyx the champion of this fight. Okay. Dilophologosaurus. Legiosaurus. Dilophologosaurus. What a great name. Two Spinosaurus versus 2,000 Compies. 2,000 is a lot. But there's no way, there's no way they can injure a Spinosaurus enough. Oh, they can run up and bite you, and it's going to hurt. And they're going to leave little tiny bite marks. But one Spinosaurus could probably take 2,000 compies. He would just, he would look like he was stepping on bugs. He would just be stomping in circles and crushing absolutely everyone. And if they were able to crawl up his legs and get on his back, he would shake and send them flying in all directions. It would look cool, but even though there's 2,000, I'm going to give this one to one Spinosaurus. The other Spinosaurus can sit back and watch and laugh. <laughs> All right. Noah Bertosaurus would like to know Andrew Sarkis versus Allosaurus versus Triceratops. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Andrew Sarkis is massive but he's not going to survive either Allosaurus or Triceratops. And you guys always notice, I always say he, that doesn't mean I think every one of these animals are males. I just say that out of, I, I, I sometimes say guys like you guys, and I, I don't mean to exclude girls. I want you all to know that that's a habit. I always say, I, I always say he, whenever I talk about, it's just a habit. It doesn't mean anything like sometimes <laughs> I remember one time I was talking to a group of college students and they asked me, which is bigger, the male or female T-Rexes? And I said, the females are bigger and you would not want to mess with him. And one of them said, uh, why did you say him? And I said, because it's a habit. It's simply a habit. So Andrew Sarkis, he or she, that's a big animal, but they're not in the same category as Allosaurus or Triceratops. So the first thing I think that would happen, I do believe Andrew Sarkis is probably going to be faster than Allosaurus. It's going to be the one that's going to come in first, and it's going to come in looking for a fight, but it's not going to attack a carnivore. It's going to attack Triceratops. 
I think that would happen very quickly. I think Triceratops couldn't turn fast enough, and Andrew Sarkis could certainly come in and inflict some injuries, say, on the back legs. But ultimately, Triceratops, if it ever is able to spin around fast enough, just its size could knock knock Andrew Sarkis to the ground. It doesn't have to use its horns. Just its body size could knock it to the ground. If Andrew Sarkis gets knocked down and Triceratops can react fast enough, unfortunately, then it's going to be skewered. Now, that leaves Allosaurus and Triceratops. What happens? I love Allosaurus. It is my favorite dinosaur. But in this particular battle, I don't think my beloved Allosaurus can take a Triceratops. Triceratops grew up at a time living with Tyrannosaurus Rex. Triceratops is made to be able to defend itself. Allosaurus is from the Jurassic. It's not as smart. It's not as good a model. Triceratops is going to be the winner of this battle. I love these three-way battles, though, but I'm going to give this one to Triceratops, Noah. It's a great question. Okay. Kai K says, Allosaurus versus Therizinosaurus versus Spinosaurus versus T-Rex. Therizinosaurus is the first to go, and here's why. All that can do is he can just stand in the corner and swing his arms. Swing, 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 swing. Well, Allosaurus is able to sneak up behind him because Therizinosaurus is staring at two monsters in front of it, Spinosaurus and T-Rex. My beloved Allosaurus is able to sneak up behind him. And once he grabs him by the back of the neck, game over. Neck snapped. Allosaurus stands up, roars in victory and says, hey, Ma, look at me. And before he finishes saying, look at me, then Tyrannosaurus Rex grabs my Allosaurus by the head and crunches him. That's why I don't like T-Rex. Now T-Rex turns around and looks at Spinosaurus. T-Rex has got a mouthful of blood from just crushing an Allosaurus skull. T-Rex looks at Spino and says, dude, seriously, you want to take me? Spinosaurus is bigger. Spinosaurus is longer. Spinosaurus has big teeth. But Spinosaurus does not have the bite force of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Spino can swing those claws and inflict a dramatic injury because it's got big hand claws. But in my opinion, and I know I go back and forth with this, but in my opinion, even though T-Rex just killed an Allosaurus and wasted some of its energy, I still believe it is going to be the winner. Good question. Nice question. All right, let's see. Jasper Raptor, Kentrosaurus versus Ankylosaurus. This is a cool one, man. Ankylosaurus just too big, too thick. Kentrosaurus has those spikes on its back, but those spikes are not going to do any good at all because Ankylosaurus isn't tall enough to even attempt to crawl up on his back. So all of Kentrosaurus's weaponry is not designed for something coming low to the ground. It's designed for something taller than itself. So right away, now, Kentrosaurus does have arm spikes, and it does have some spikes on his tail, but I don't think they're heavy enough to go through the armor of an Ankylosaurus. One hit of the tail, and I believe Ankylosaurus wins the battle. Okay, uh, Bryce P. says, who would win between Carnotaurus, or I'm sorry, Carcharodontosaurus versus T-Rex versus Indominus versus three Indoraptors? And listen. I'm not going to choose T-Rex over Carcharodontosaurus only because I don't want my friend Owen to go crazy and yell at me. Of course, the bad news is JW is going to yell at me if I don't pick T-Rex. 
You two are constantly causing me problems. JW with his love of T-Rex and Owen with his love of Carcharodontosaurus. How am I supposed to choose without making one of you two mad? So here's my opinion. Indominus was bred to have all of the DNA of all the other ones. It may not know how to fight very well, so it's probably not going to be the aggressor. Carcharodontosaurus and Tyrannosaurus are going to be the aggressors in this fight. They're meant to fight. That's what they do. They do it every day because that's how they survive. Indominus may stand back and watch Carcharodontosaurus and T-Rex fight until they begin worn down, and then it may strike. Three Indoraptors would be a heck of a thing to deal with, but I do believe Indominus in this particular case would win because I don't think it would get in there and fight with the other two first. I think it'd stand back and watch. The three Indoraptors are going to back up against a, against a, a wall, a rock wall or trees and kind of hide and hope that everybody dies and they can swoop in. But I think I'm going to give this one to Indominus Rex. Okay, let's see. Um, um, um. Okay, Liam S. has, now I'm not familiar with this one. Pedicteryx, I don't know who that is. Liam? Versus five Microraptors. So I'm, I'm assuming Impedic Rex is probably going to be a small carnivore, I think. But five Microraptors would be too much. If, if I know who the dinosaur is that you're talking about, Liam, Liam I, I don't know who it is, though. So five Microraptors would be tough. If the dinosaur you listed, Epidicteryx, if that's how it's pronounced, Epidicteryx. The dexterous. Wow. I'm guessing he's small and I would give it to the five micro raptors. Raptors seem to be smart enough to be able to hunt in groups. And that means that five micro raptors are probably used to being in a group and they would know the proper way to fight. So I'm just going to assume it's going to be them. Good question. Okay. Madelinosaurus. Baryonyx versus two Utah raptors with two EO raptors. Well, the little EO raptors are going to be riding on the back of Utah raptors. That's going to look cool. They're going to ride into battle like they're coming for a war. Baryonyx is big, but I even think one Utah raptor would have been able to ultimately wear down a Baryonyx. Two Utah raptors with two EO raptors riding on their back. Man, give it to the prehistoric knights of the round table. I believe the EO raptors would come riding in like riding on horses of doom. Poor Baryonyx doesn't stand a chance. All right, Catherine sent a good one. Allosaurus versus Velociraptor. Okay, Catherine, we both know Allosaurus is a monster compared to size. Velociraptor is really fast, though. Allosaurus would have a hard time catching Velociraptor. And Velociraptor would have the ability to jump on the side and crawl up on the back of, of Allosaurus. But where, Allos- where Velociraptor doesn't have any effect is I don't think its claw would be long enough to really cut very deeply into the hide. Velociraptors are not really made for, for cutting the skin of something really big. The claw on their foot can only go as far as the claw is long and the claw is not very long. So although you could cut the hide, I don't think you could ever get through the upper layer skin to do any damage. I'm going to give this one to Allosaurus but it's going to be a hard time. Velociraptors, he's just going to have to get lucky and grab him. All right, let's see. Luca Rex also has Allosaurus versus Troodon. 
Same scenario, Luca. I believe that Allosaurus Truodon just doesn't have the strength to really cut through the hide. So I would give it, I would give it to that. Okay, Sebastian Age 8 says Sorophaganax versus Allosaurus versus Dinosaur George. Okay, we've got Sebastian, you stinking little kid. You stinking kid. Why would you do this to me? You know I love Allosaurus. You know that that is my favorite dinosaur, and yet you're going to make me fight it and Sorophaganax? Let me tell you what, my little friend. All I have to do is use one arm, Mr. Righty or Mr. Lefty. But when my arm comes up and my stink bomb is unleashed, you know who's going to win. That's right, El Stinko. Did I just call myself El Stinko? I'm not El Stinko. The wonderful dinosaur George wins the battle. (laughs) All right, Byron. Three T-Rexes versus one Argentinosaurus versus one Baryonyx versus dinosaur George with deodorant for both arms. Aren't you stinking, kid? Stop trying to take away my stink bombs. Stop stealing my weapons. It's my only defense. All I have are stink bombs. I'm not going to fight a dinosaur with deodorant. I refuse to fight a dinosaur if I have to wear deodorant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what am I going to do with you guys? All right. Uh, Noah. Ooh, Noah asked a goo. This is a good one. Megalania versus Titanoboa. Nice. Nice. Whoa. Megalania is the giant uh, uh, Komodo dragonish animal and Titanoboa the snake. What a fight. You know what, Noah? This sounds like something that should be on the sci-fi channel. This is a good battle. This is a good one. Man. Whoa. Here's what I honestly think would happen. I think that Titanoboa would strike and Megalania would probably bite it and probably injure it. But I think Titanoboa would kill it. But then I think Titanoboa would die and would succumb to the what would probably be a septic bite. I think it would be a lose-lose or win-win. I honestly believe Titanoboa would be able to wrap its coils quickly around Megalania. But one bite from that mouthful of bacteria that Megalania probably had, along with maybe venom combined, I think Titanoboa might squeeze them to death. But Titanoboa is dead two days later. What a great one. Those are great. You got some really good ones in here, Noah. Okay, Dinosaur Boy. Meganura versus a pack of Compsonathus versus a pack of Microraptor. Well, Meganura, of course, is the giant flying uh, dragonfly. And as long as it can stay out of the way, it can sit back and watch the Compies fight the Micros. A pack of Compies versus a pack of Micros. I think the Microraptors are going to be the victors simply because of their excess weapons. Compies only have the tiny little sharp teeth and the little claws on its hands. Microraptors have that killing claw, which is a much more effective weapon. I think Microraptors would easily win against a pack of Compies. I think Meganura just better stay out of the way. But Meganura is going to make the mistake of landing on a branch and watching the fight from a tree. Meanwhile, one of the Microraptors is crawling up the tree next to him. The Microraptor silently crawls up, spots the Meganura, 
Microraptor leaps out of the tree, spreads his arms and legs, and silently, silently flies down. And before Meganura can spot him, Microraptor has landed on him. So they're going to be eating a Meganura from the tree. Good question. Very good one. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, Stephanie S. Carnotaurus and Utah Raptor versus Scorpius Rex versus T-Rex in a three-way battle. Well, Carnotaurus and Utah Raptor are an interesting matchup, but they still don't have the size necessary to dare take on a Scorpius Rex or a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So those two get out pretty quick. Utah Raptor lasts a little longer because he's so much faster. And he could certainly cause some injury with that big killing claw. Maybe he injures Scorpius Rex. I hope so. Because that means Scorpius Rex and T-Rex are left in this battle. Scorpius has too many weapons, especially weapons T-Rex has never seen. So I don't like Scorpius Rex. But in this particular case, that is the one I think is going to win. All right. This one is from Teddy from London, my little friend Teddy. Indoraptor versus Ankylosaurus. Whoa! Oh, this is a good one, Teddy. This is a good one. Can Indoraptor penetrate the armor of Ankylosaurus? I don't think so. I don't believe it can. I just don't think it's possible. I'm going to give this battle to Ankylosaurus. That's a very good one, though. Very, very good one. Very good. Okay, uh, um, Zachary K. Allosaurus versus Dinosaur George with deodorant. Okay, once again, would you rotten kids stop giving me deodorant? You are preventing me from defending myself. How can El Stinko win? I mean, how can Dinosaur George win if he's going to have deodorant? A stink bomb is all I've got, kids. Stop taking away my stink bombs. You, rotten children, why do you do this to me? What did I do to deserve this treatment from you stinking kids? (laughs) All right. Philip B. Scorpius Rex versus Spinosaurus versus T-Rex. Once again, I got to give the fight to Scorpius. I got to give the fight to Scorpius. I, I don't like him. And I think he can still beat Spinosaurus and T-Rex. I'm just going to have to give it. Oh, man. That's a hard one, though. Why do you guys give me these hard ones? Okay, Rowan wants to know T-Rex versus Triceratops. Now, this is a classic battle that absolutely took place. This one would have taken place. I guarantee you it would have. I would say that nine times out of ten, Triceratops would be the winner because one T-Rex and one Triceratops means Triceratops can always be facing the Tyrannosaurus Rex, always pointing its weapons right at its target. If you were in a boat and you were taking on a battleship, if there was one boat on one side and one on the other, maybe the battleship would point those giant guns at one. The other can sneak up from behind. But if you're all by yourself, the battleship turns all the weapons towards you. Well, that's what's happening with Triceratops and T-Rex. Triceratops is spinning around and pointing those horns right at him. T-Rex cannot get in close enough. If T-Rex tries to rush in, 
and lean over the top, before he can reach the back of, of Triceratops, those horns are in his stomach. I honestly believe one Triceratops, and the reason why I say that is just like all other carnivores, the carnivore is not always successful in the attack. If it was, there would be no Triceratops left. But because we find Triceratops, that means they survived, and that means they figured out a way to defend themselves. One-on-one, Triceratops wins this battle. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Uh, Declan wants to know Hulk versus Ankylosaurus. Now, this is an animal that might be able to beat an Ankylosaurus. He wouldn't kill it. Hulk would be able to flip it on its back. It would be the champion without a single punch, without a single blow. Hulk can simply rush in, pick Ankylosaurus up, and flip him over on his back, and that would end that fight. That's a good one, though. That's a really good one. All right, T-Rex Connor asks, a flock of Microraptors versus an Ankylosaurus. Once again, Ankylosaurus is so thick, body armor. I'm going to have to say that in this particular case, T-Rex Connor, the Microraptors are going to be squished. Their new name is now Pancakosauruses. All right. Betsy B, Carnotaurus versus Stegosaurus. Nice. Nice. Even though Carnotaurus is Cretaceous and Stegosaurus is Jurassic, and that usually means a lot in these battles, even though that's the case, I would think that in this particular case, I am going to have to give this one to Stegosaurus. I think I'm going to have to give it to Stegosaurus. I just think there's just simply too much in favor of Stego in this particular fight. Okay. Um, this one is from Harper. Spinosaurus versus Ankylosaurus. Um, <laughs> Harper's mom, I read your comment. That's great. Um, okay. Harper, I think that Spinosaurus and Ankylosaurus, Spinosaurus is certainly big, but I don't think it's got the jaw strength to bite through the armor of Ankylosaurus. So I'm going to give this one to Ankylosaurus, who all it has to do is land one blow against the leg of Spino, and Spino's leg is crushed, and there's just no way it would ever be able to survive. Good questions. All right, Jack. T-Rex versus two Smilodons. This would be a nice battle. Smilodons are certainly capable of leaping up, running up the leg of of T-Rex, and those two big teeth would certainly make a deep wound, but I don't think two of them would stand a chance. Maybe five, but I don't think they're going to stand a chance. I'm going to give this fight to the king of the dinosaurs. It's a great question, though. It's a very, very good question. All right, uh, let's see. Audrey wants to know, Archaeopteryx versus Compsonathus versus Coelophysis versus Microraptor. Battle of the Littles. I like this one a lot, Audrey. I would think Coelophysis is going to be the winner in this. Even though Microraptor has the killing claw, even though Micro and Archaeopteryx can fly or at least glide, even Coelophysis is a very slim dinosaur, but it's still living at a rough time. So it's got to be able to be a good, effective animal. And because they found such big groups of Coelophysis together, that means they're successful animals. I'm going to give this fight, I believe, to Coelophysis. 
And then Leon wants to know T-Rex versus Giganotosaurus versus Dinosaur George with deodorant. Leon. Leon. You stinking kid. How dare you take away El Stinko's favorite weapon. I mean, Dinosaur George's favorite weapon. If you put me in a fight with a T-Rex and a Giganotosaurus and I've got deodorant, that's going to make me smell good. They're going to be like, ooh, he smells very good. Let's invite him over for a barbecue. What do you guys want to cook? Um, how about we cook up old El Stinko? I mean, Dinosaur George. Who keeps calling me El Stinko, by the way? Who keeps saying that? <laughs> All right. This one is from Michael W. Three-way melee. Dino Crocuda versus the Bear Dog versus T-Rex. Go! Oh, man, would I love to see this. Dino Crocuda is the big hyena-looking critter. The Bear Dog, Agriotherium, is a giant dog the size of a bear. And then, of course, the king of the dinosaurs. Well, the fight between Dino Crocuda and the Bear Dog is going to be almost an equal match. I can't even begin to guess who's going to win that battle. But what I can say is, Tyrannosaurus Rex is going to walk in and eat the winner. And then he's going to eat the loser. Tyrannosaurus Rex is eating everybody. I recommend everybody get away when that fight occurs. Man, what a good fight that would be, though. That's a good one. Okay, Acadia H. Ceratosaurus versus Yang Chihuanasaurus. Whoa! Yang Chihuanasaurus has the size. Yang Chihuanasaurus has bigger weapons. Ceratosaurus might have speed, but I'm going to say that in this particular case, Yang Chihuanasaurus is going to be the winner of this one. I think Yang Chihuanasaurus is going to win. All right, uh, Harrison, 300 compies versus three Giganotosaurus and maybe a Dinosaur George if he's brave enough without a stink bomb. Well, first of all, Harrison, let me tell you, I'm not brave enough without my stink bomb. So don't even include me in this one because I'm not going into the ring to fight monsters when I don't have my stink bomb weapon. So you can forget me, kid. I'm not going in there. That leaves 300 compies with three Giganotosauruses. Uh, Giganotosauruses are just going to step on them like fleas. Giganoto is the winner. Compies get wiped out. Dinosaur George gets on a motorcycle and makes a run for it. The end. <laughs> All right, let me keep going. Um... Okay, Johnny H says Godzilla versus 100 raptors, 100 T-Rexes, and 100 Spinosauruses. Godzilla wins. You are not going to beat that breath. You're simply not going to beat it. They are, it's just he's too big. Godzilla remains the king of the monsters. All right, Finley wants to know T-Rex versus Dinosaur George. Okay, you stinking little kids. How come you keep throwing me in? Why are you guys doing this to me? Would somebody please tell me why I keep getting thrown into this mix? At least Finley didn't take away my stink bombs. At least I've got my stink bombs. T-Rex spots me. It comes running in, roaring, screaming, its mouth wide open. It reaches down to attack. And I lift both arms. The green fumes drift out of my arms. They go up the nose of the Tyrannosaurus Rex. T-Rex screams, grabs his throat, and falls over dead. Once again, my stink bombs save the day. 
All right, T-Rex Connor says Archaeopteryx versus a bald eagle. This is an interesting one. This is a very good one. I honestly believe the bald eagle would win because it is. So, we know how it can fly. We know how capable it is of twisting and turning in the air. We don't know how good of a flyer Archaeopteryx was. So if the battle's in the air, the absolutely the eagle can grab him, and that would be the end of the fight. And those claws are so much bigger on an eagle. I would give this fight to him, but that's great. That's a good one. Okay, uh, Nico R. Hi, DG. Indominus versus T-Rex versus Spino versus Allosaurus versus Dinosaur George without his stinky moms. Really? Really? You people are still taking away my stink bombs? I'm not going to fight if I don't have my stink bombs. What kind of kids are you? All right, we got a few more. Let's see. Uh, this one is from Felix. Sukumimus versus Irritator versus Baryonyx. Three of the very similar dinosaurs. This one is tough. I still believe Baryonyx is bigger than these two. I'm going to give this battle. I'm going to give this battle to Baryonyx. I think I have to. And again, I may be wrong on the sizes, but I'm almost certain that I'm right on the sizes. I'm almost certain that uh, it is bigger than everybody else. So I'm going to go with Baryonyx. Uh, let's see. Um, um, uh, Archer H says Velociraptor versus Tyrannosaurus. Again, Velociraptor is super fast, super de bed, uh, deadly weapons, but just not going to be able to take on a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And let's see. Smokey Rex says Megalosaurus versus Utah Raptor. I still think Utah Raptor can win this fight, Smokey. I still think Utah Raptor is fast enough, strong enough, and big enough to be able to do it. So I think that's who is. And finally, Zane A says, who would win, Leviathan versus a sperm whale? Leviathan. I'm going to give it to Leviathan simply on the grounds that Leviathan has just got bigger teeth. All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know it's a little different from the other format, I promise. I'll get back to the regular format, but I wanted to answer all of those questions because those questions came from all of my friends who are members of the Patreon Club. If you would like to become a member of the Patreon Club, go to dinosaurgeorge.com and you will find a link there where you can become a member. We've got two Patreon lessons coming up in November. This is the year's 2021, in case you're listening to this next year. One lesson is on Utah Raptor. The other lesson is on Dinochirus. For all of you out there, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, become a member of the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. That's free of charge. There you can post pictures and you can post videos and you can post really cool stuff. For everybody out there, take care of yourselves. Be kind to everyone. Say something nice to someone to make their day better. And always be kind to everyone and tell your parents you love them. That's very important that they know. Till next time, I'm Dinosaur George. I'm not El Stinko. I am the greatest dinosaur fighter in the world because I have stink bombs.
for listening to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah. Yeah.